0: Hey, hey, a warm, warm welcome to The Conscious Leaders. I am thrilled to have my friend with me today. Once again, we are joined with an extraordinary woman, a woman with a big heart, big passion, and the things that she's Tapping into is exciting me so much, and she's also a head of diversity and inclusion for one of the big banks, and she started this incredible thing, The Table of Twelve, which we'll talk about shortly. But without further ado, Darshney. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You know, we've been trying to do this since last year, when I told you this is what I'm doing, and I wanted you to be one of the first... Um, but our diaries didn't allow, but that's all good.
1: But we are here now. We're here now. <laughs> we are
0: near. We're here and near. <laughs> and it wasn't even planned to be in studio. We would have done it online. Yes. So this is even better. Okay. So I think, um, for me, th- the starting point is in,
1: in the light of conscious leaders. What does conscious leadership mean to you? So I think for me personally, conscious leadership is something greater than yourself. Mm. So it's about using the power and influence that you have wherever you are, whether it's in an organization, in a leadership role, whatever it is, for a greater good. I think conscious leadership is is not about self, but it's about self-awareness. And it starts there.
0: Yeah. So you work a lot with diversity and inclusion, right? Yes. You know, one thing I've been observing quite a lot is – Holding space, which, by the way, you are phenomenal with. I've seen you at the table of 12. we We're going to get into that um, shortly. You have this beautiful way of holding space and allowing authenticity to flow and fluidity in conversation, which is so important. But there's times where I always wonder, you know, in organizations, everybody's become very sensitive mm-hmm. to... Conversations and and having the real conversations that needs to happen, you know. As as much as we also want to get along, there's also real, robust conversations that needs to happen. But I guess how how would you actually approach these kind of conversations? Because are people afraid of losing their jobs? You know, if that conversation is approached, how do you actually have robust conversations without people feeling
1: threatened? So I think, firstly, the myth with diversity and inclusion is that we all have to come out thinking the same. Mm. Or we all come out holding hands and believing the same thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think many people enter those spaces thinking that's going to be the outcome. But I think the true power of an inclusive environment is that if you and I have different beliefs, we can disagree with each other, but we can still walk away understanding each other's viewpoints. Mm -hmm. So it's not about me convincing you of my way. It's about you understanding more about me and what I believe in. And I think holding the space for that is really important because we can't do that in an initial conversation. There has to Mm -hmm. be some level of trust between us. There has to be some level of connection between us. And sometimes that builds up really quickly and other times it takes a longer time to build. But we have to have that rapport between us mm-hmm. before we can get into these deep conversations and be able to challenge each other. We've got to connect first. It makes a lot
0: of sense. Um, you know, I read this this quote um, in a book, you know, My Neurodiversity Journey, mm-hmm. Unmasking Neurodiversity. I think that's what the book is called. And I was reading it and in the first lines it says don't take your mask off until you feel safe. Mm -hmm. I think from my, you know me, I'm, I'm all about authenticity, but there's times in your life where, you know, taking that mask off is not an easy thing. Yeah. And you really need to feel safe. And I think those environments are, I just feel like it's not being tapped in properly. And I think we, we are all becoming so sensitive that we don't know actually how. And I know the conversation that's going on a lot at the moment is, Oh my goodness, trust, trust, trust. Mm. I have never seen such an explosion of conversations happening around how do we build trust? We used to know how to do this. We, we are battling. We, we can just see it's like a vacuum. How do we actually establish trust? For years, we've been focusing on the perception out there. And now. Mm. It's open heart surgery for organizations. What's going on? What's the soul of this business? And, and it starts with the people mm. and having trust. Trust can't be a six month process. It needs to be a connection at some point. And I
1: think that's where values really mm. come into the equation. So mm. me being very clear on what my personal values are and, does that match up with my organization? Do my organization and I believe in the same things? And when I speak about an organization's values, I'm not talking about the values that are written on the wall. Mm. I'm talking about what do you experience every single day when you walk through the doors of that organization? Can I connect with that? And when we talk about values, you know, it's a big part of culture. And culture is like this unspoken these rules that get made within an organization. It's, yeah. it's what we do. It's not who we say we are.
0: Yeah. And, you know, with a conscious leader, so one of the things that I'm trying to achieve is also to build a cultural intelligence. Mm. You know, I feel like we as human beings, we don't understand, especially in our country. We don't, you know, I want to go and spend a week with the clauses and I want to go and understand the culture and the tribe so that I can have more
1: respect and understanding of the culture so I think what, you, what you're what speaking about really is about curiosity. Mm, yes. And I think that's such a big part of any DEI conversation. Mm. It's being curious about the next person. So when I do some of my, my workshops, I often start off asking everybody the story of their name. And it's so interesting that even something as simple as what is the story of your name opens up a whole conversation on diversity, because we often make it this big, complicated thing. Yeah, so true. But it could simply be asking the person sitting next to you, tell me about your name.
0: Yeah, it's so true what you're saying. I have to tell you uh, an interesting story. So, and I mean, I'm going to be very honest and open about this because I, I'm not really open about it, but I'm going to be taking my mask off. Um, so Safe space. A Safe space. So I'm off Afrikaans. And um, I when Madiba Madiba came, I remember when Madiba came out of um jail, we were all told to go home. we weren't um allowed to go to school um and I was like, "Who is Nelson Mandela?" Mm-hmm. We didn't learn about him, and neither did we, for we the record. Exactly. <laughs> yes. but being Afrikaans and being part of the thing happening and also so much that you know was happening at that stage. I must tell you I formed such a disconnect with my culture and who I am and really I'm almost having shame that I'm Afrikaans, that you know, I don't speak it. Um I do speak it um but I've never given it the respect that it deserves. And I'm now at that stage of my life where I'm like, hang on. I can't do this anymore because it's who I am. I can't deny myself that part because I need to bring my whole self to the table to bring value yes. to others. And it's a very difficult journey, you know. Um, I went to go, now I'm trying to force myself instead of buying an English magazine. I'm buying an Afrikaans magazine that I can just get used to my language again. Hmm. I'm married to an Irishman. So, you know, we speak English at home. All my friends are English,
1: <laughs> you know, but
0: I mean, it's a, it's a difficult thing for me. And I feel like
1: I feel guilt in connecting. I was with just going to say to you, it does not have to be shame, mm. right? And I think there's a lot of chat around privilege and what privilege is. And we've also made privilege a very shameful word. But actually, the fact that you grew up Afrikaans, you know there's certain history that comes with that. There's certain privilege that comes with that. But you facing that head on is really what the conversation is about. Mm -hmm. It's not about shying away from it. It's not about denying it. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I have spoken about the dark side of DEI. Yes. <laughs> but, and the, but for our audience, please elaborate. And the dark side of DEI sometimes is that it makes you question your belief system mm. and everything mm. that you've grown up with. Because our beliefs are shaped very much by our environment growing up. And um it becomes ingrained in us without us even realizing it. But it's when you have the awareness the important thing is what do you do with the awareness? And if I look at
0: apartheid, apartheid um, is, you know, I always say I'm, a, you know, coming out of a era of um, rehabilitating from that because... You know, we all have witnessed it, but also we always have to check our biases. Mm. You know, why am I doing certain things? What is the intent behind it? Um, and always have to question myself on it. And being aware and conscious about it is, is is vital. It's important. But also knowing that that thing is a generational
1: thing that you have to break. And, and I think it's also recognizing that everybody... Has bias. Yes. It's not just a certain group. It's not just a certain gender. Everybody has bias. Mm-hmm. Even me, dealing with this work every single day. I mean, I'll tell you a, a story. I was, Ooh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share my story. Ooh. I, you know, I'm I'm very passionate about gender equality. That is um, what I do every day. And um, my husband and I were in New York. And we called for an Uber and the Uber arrived and I could not see the Uber. The car was parked right in front of us. I could not for the life of me see this Uber. I couldn't see it because it was a female driver. Wow. I had never at that time in South Africa encountered a female Uber driver. And so I was not looking for a female. And so I could not see the car. That is fascinating.
0: Yeah. But it, it, it's so, it is so true. And I think those biases, when they, when they, when they surface, as long as you can recognize them,
1: when they are there, yes. you recognize them or you have your circle that can call out your bias in safety.
0: Yes. Oh, I've got a friend right next to me that does that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the journey is all about. Um, I, I, I want to touch on, on something that's really exciting me, um, the project that you are busy with, mm-hmm. um, I must tell you, uh, the table of 12 when you started it, you know, things were tough. <laughs> things were really tough at that time. And um, I remember getting this invite from, you know, like, why is she inviting me? Like, why am I invited to this table? And I um, I felt so privileged. But it, also at that time, it was like I was um, – very hesitant to go out and see people and being around people. I was going, I was very much hermiting and cocooning mm. and hiding from the world. Um, and you know, on the morning going there, I had to dance. I had to do affirmations because I really, it wasn't personal. I just didn't have the courage to show up. Mm. But I decided, um, I'm going to show up. Because there's also a part of me that goes, Oh, not another women's day event. Because, you know, some of these events are, oh, they torment my soul. And I'm not very much about empowerment because I always feel it's something outside of me. Somebody else is now giving mm-hmm. me power. I've got the power. <laughs> I've got it. I just need to find, yes. find the courage, audaciousness to, to get it out. And, uh, that morning I, I went. And you welcomed me with this beautiful big smile of yours. The, the room looked amazing. The energy was great. And all these amazing women pitched up. And the conversation was so... I remember sitting there. I'm actually getting very emotional. Take a breath. that's fine. I remember sitting there thinking, Why? Me? And I felt so honored. And I just want to say, it was the catalyst of me waking up to the things that has been lying dormant in me for years because I didn't have the courage to do things that I knew I had to do. And I think what, what the amazing thing for me is, is what you show me is that inclusivity does exist. We, we all can can look after each other and we all can grow together and we all can, if we just stand together and we unite, we can make a difference in each other's lives. And I want to thank you for that. But it's such an amazing space. Sorry. Oh, la, 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 la. I've never cried on a podcast. Oh my goodness. Hang on. Oh, okay. And my dunning, now, now this is probably going to look awful, but I'll come. I'll bring my authentic self. The boogies can I was climb say, out. The tears are fine. Are all we don't there. have to fight them. <laughs> but I think for me, is um, this space that you have created is so beautiful. And I want you to talk us through it. And, and what is your, your dream with it? And how did it all start?
1: And how did it lead up to this? So. Firstly, when you say, um, how did I get this invite to the table of 12? <laughs> in my mind, I was going, who in the world is going to want to come to my table of 12? So isn't it amazing that both of us had that insecurity yeah. within us? Yeah. And this is the first time we're actually speaking about it, yes. right? <laughs> so I think, really, it's conversations like this that inspire my table of 12. So I, as well, looked at a lot of women's events and women's empowerment events, and I would attend these, and I was told I must network in a certain way, or there's a right way to network, mm. Um and I wasn't the type of person that can walk into a cocktail party and just flit around the room and introduce myself to, to anybody. So I re- reflected deeply on how I could build my own network and a network for women like me who are ambiverts. We're not introverts. We're not extroverts. Um, but to create safe spaces as well, intimate spaces where we mm. can actually connect deeply, have deep conversation mm. with each other and build up our networks in that way. And I've had so many women come through and say, oh, I don't normally go to networking events, but I'm coming to this one because it's just the 12 of us. Mm. And I think we can build authentic connections in that way. There isn't just one way to do things. There isn't just one way for us to network. There isn't just one way for us to be successful. Yeah, And I think that's a a very key thing for me, is that success looks different for each one of us. Mm. And we should celebrate each other and support each other in that success.
0: Yeah. I went to a client once and she said to me, you know, women are becoming like so conflicted showing up who they are mm. because what's happening is, is they're trying to be so powerful and fierce. There's this gatekeeping that happens where women don't want the next generation to come up into, into the ladder. Um, and then there's this invisible handbag where I have to be this perfect person and I only take out my personality and who I really want to be when I'm outside of my Mm. career. Whereas for me, diversity and inclusion is appreciating every bit of you and who you are as as a human being, because surely that's where the best parts of you are is the spiritual side is the hobbies. You might be freaking doing archery or something over weekends, but that might be something that can be so good for the rest of the team. Um, What is this thing that's happening where people feel that they can't show up as who they are in organizations?
1: So I actually, I completed my master's recently in uh, leadership coaching, and this was part of my research. Oh, wow. Tell us. So the one thing with women is that society has led us to believe that there's only one position for Mm. a woman at the table. And I think it's really up to all of us to start changing that narrative, right? Absolutely. And bringing up the next person with us. Mm-hmm. I think that I've actually seen the opposite where women want to give back and they oh, want yes. to bring. So there is that group of women as well. But again, historically, um, organizations have been built for, uh, for, for males because that's the way that We've, um, we've evolved. Women are entering the workplace mm-hmm. more and more now and workplaces haven't evolved. And so that's why we still led to believe there's only one seat at the table for a woman. And I think that's where the, the protecting my territory comes in. But through these conversations, through people like you and I, I think we've got the power to actually change those conversations Absolutely. to say there's, Actually, if we start thinking in abundance, Mm -hmm. not that there's only a little piece of pie that we all need to share, but that there's this abundance, and if we support each other and if we bring each other up, we can actually change the conversation, and we can actually bring more women up with us. Mm. And when we do that, we actually change our communities, we're changing the world. There's a whole different style of leadership that's required in this complex world at the moment. And female leadership actually has a lot of what we need at the moment.
0: I so agree with you. I mean, it's such an exciting time to be alive. Mm. I, 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 I love it. Um, I had a very interesting interview with, um, Bronwyn Williams and we were talking about, um, very interesting conversation, how we as women have all the opportunities like mm. we've never had before. All we have to do is just bold up. And take what's, what, what's in front of us. There's so many opportunities for us, but I think that whole concept of abundance is so, so, Mm. so, so,
1: so important. But I also want to clarify, it's not a woman's only conversation. Mm -mm. So Mm -mm. it's a conversation for, for men and women.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like, i I think it's even also a conversation, men, women, but also for for younger kids and for teenagers. Mm-hmm. I think those conversations even need to go
1: far, far back. The way I'm raising my boys is equally important to how we raise our daughters,
0: yeah, one hundred percent and 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 must say that conversation's coming up a lot mm-hmm. where I hear about parents and they tell me how they are trying to. And this is like they are creating the, the next generation and it's their role. And I, I started seeing this, um, these videos of men actually going for somatic healing mm. and men going on healing retreats. I love it because they also need that space. It's so important. Yeah. I have the view. There is an element of rehabilitation for also for women to happen because I think we adopted a system, a way of doing mm. things that's not natural natural to us as women. And there is and a, you didn't realize it. And I did didn't realize it until now. Conscious leaders, I think for me is that space where I feel we need to have those girly conversations.
1: I think there's space. There's great value in space where women come together. Mm. And there's equal value in space where men and women come together. Yes. But you've got to first, as, as women, be able to come together, bring your authenticity 100%. into that safe space. Yeah. And then you go out yeah. further or well, wider. This is,
0: this is why, why we have reached out to you to become um, an advisor for conscious leaders so that we can work on, on that. And, be, you know, I, I actually am seeing a, a conscious coach. To keep me mm-hmm. on my toes because, you know, it's a, a big responsibility. But furthermore, is there is space for us to, to unite and there's a space for us to almost, um, you know, audaciously go inside. But mm-hmm. also what we want to face and all of us want to make a difference in the world, men and women. We all want to make, even from young children, everybody wants to, to, to feel a sense of belonging and that they're yes. making an impact. However I feel that we need to
1: re rewrite the script. And that And I think the script is slowly being it is. rewritten. It is. I think with every movement, with every conversation like this. Exactly. Um the other thing I wanted to say to you was if you if we're looking at the changing roles of I'm gonna say men and women, but I mean all genders in organizations that has to start in the home as well.
0: 100%.
1: And you'll see that even the roles of parents in the home are changing. Um, so it's no more mom's duties and dad's duties. It's how do we co-parent and having that co-parenting conversation and being very conscious about what you role model for your children as well. Yeah, it's it's
0: fascinating. I, I'm, but it's definitely everything. remember our parents always used to say, well, I don't know, and my, my mom always used to drum it in. Charity starts at home. Mm. And, and and always you know doing everything from home is vital and there's many t- many times where i also have to check my myself because i have a very um robust personality and i can be very passionate my husband is actually the opposite to me he can be very quiet and reserved and then i have to go okay i have to keep quiet now because i have to allow my husband yeah i have to allow him to also have a say and speak up and whatever because yeah so you know i'm i'm learning through this journey it's a it's a beautiful thing um but I, i think it's also having feeling safe enough to have this conversation, but so let's go back to the table of 12. So you've had, how many of you had now? One, two, three,
1: four, four. Please. You've had five. Um, We're doing hmm. our fifth one in March.
0: Fifth. I've been, I've been to three. Yes. I'm going you missed one. Yes. I missed <laughs> one. I missed one. So, so there's five. And the thing is I, every time I go now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this last one we had. I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, I just walked out of there tiptoeing through the tulips. I went home. I was swimming. I was in the Lila and I was like, oh,
1: this is such a
0: good day. I'm and I, the song.
1: I try very intentionally not to tell you who's, who else is going to be in the room because that's part of it, right? To walk into this room and to get to know this group of amazing ladies without having preconceived ideas of who's in the room because of their title or whatever it is. Everybody's equal. Mm.
0: So that's the concept
1: of being around the table is that we all sit there as equals. Yes, Mm. some might have different titles, different status at work or whatever, but around that table, we all sit as equals.
0: Because usually I don't like giving up Saturdays. Like Saturdays is a. And that was a,
1: that was a big thing for me as well. Having a family, it was, um, when do I have this? Mm. What's convenient for women? And I just sat back and thought, if this is something I want to invest in, and if I want to invest in myself, I will take this time out on a Saturday. Mm.
0: But it's also abundant thinking. Yes. Um, so I know, um, you know, you're coming out of a banking environment. We're going to talk spiritual now, right? <laughs> so in the spiritual community, um, there's also this element of an exchange of energy. Money, money mm. is actually just an exchange of energy. And whenever you make a transaction, it's how you think about that transaction and the gratitude of when you swipe that card or you exchange the coin or whatever. And, um, I remember the first time when it was mentioned to me, I'm like, what? What do you mean money is energy? Money is, that was such a bizarre way of thinking. And the more I started thinking about it, I'm like, actually, yeah, because, you know, it's paper. It doesn't really have that much value. Um, or the cards. But what really what really interests me about that is that whatever you charge for, whether it's your own services, whether it's um the 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 events that you are creating, hoping that twelve people will come up, it's abundant thinking that you need to apply. people will come
1: who mm. needs to be there and it's, every time i and I hundred per cent believe that the you know there were people who were supposed to attend others that couldn't make it, and they came to the last one. And I really believe that the people that are meant to be there will show up on the day. And also you'll be in the right group. You'll be in the group that you were meant to be in. Mm,
0: Absolutely. And yeah, but I just want to applaud you, but I do feel, and I do see that this thing is going to, to really expand and grow. Um, And also with the remarkable women around the table, I do believe that they all will at some point in time have a hand in, in, you know this is a this is when we are stronger when we are all together and we, when we unite and it's
1: that um definition of feminism as well right mm. like i think historically we've all been led to believe that feminism is all about the bra burning and hating mm. on the other gender etc but actually all that it is it's wanting an equal society mm. and if you believe in an equal society then you're a feminist
0: yeah, that's exactly. I'm. I'm. We must actually create t-shirts that say that because I. I totally believe in an equal society. It's so vital, Um and everything that we are doing, we are being watched now. You know, when the last table of twelve, when the conversation and around the table, we are now the aunties. And yes, the <laughs> I mean that was such a wow. That just went over. You my head. are
1: the role models, we right? Are now the role models, and I think that was the other thing about the table of twelve concept is that you know role models are important, yeah. and there are amazing women that we see on magazine covers and running companies, etc. But they are also equally remarkable woman doing other things Mm. and defining success in different ways Mm. and we have to create spaces to celebrate all of that
0: and I had such a lovely conversation um, with one of the ladies that attended the table of 12 around parenting Mm. and um, although I'm not a parent I've got furry children (laughs) very much but for me it's all about um, I almost see myself as the one birthing ideas that's I feel like that is What my calling is and Mm. it's even in my numbers. So, so, um, I've, I've come to accept that that's the type of way I'm, 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 I'm put together and I can't escape it because I literally have ants running in my head and squirrels jumping around everywhere. (laughs) Like I would have a conversation with somebody and say, Oh my gosh, I need a piece of paper. I need to write this down. But I mean, this is, this is also the nurturing of, of different types of versions of ourselves. You know, you, you, for example, might be a parent, but there's somebody else also that a conversation that was coming up on the table the last time, which was, but I'm single. Yes. I choose to be single. I choose to be single and that's okay. And that's okay. And I don't feel included yes. because I don't have children because this is always the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you <laughs> because there, there is, there is almost like this element of, judgment because you don't have children so you you are you're i must tell you
1: and i thought it was amazing that that came up at the table because i felt like wow this this is a space where we actually can say that yeah where we can say i don't want to be married and i don't want to have children and that's okay
0: i mean she had the bravery and the audaciousness say that and said well that doesn't sit well with me and Mm. also what i really love about the space is respect respectfully disagreeing there's no judgment it's just okay yes you've got an interesting point but i actually disagree with that this is how i see it and also when i started listening to the conversations around one of the ladies um that gave birth in her 40s Mm. um that to me was a very profound thing, but also the spiritual awakening that she so openly spoke about that happened during that time, um, which is fascinating to me. But I guess
1: that's also just speaking to there isn't one story Mm -hmm. and there isn't one way to be. And again, it comes down to stereotyping. Yes. Is that women don't need to be a certain way. We can define what that way is for each of us. But it's, it's easier said than done as well because there's a lot of different dynamics. It's me as an individual. It's me in my family. It's me in my community. It's what the world tells me I need to be. Mm. And so again, it's always this consciousness or awareness of what is right for me.
0: I I'm, I'm must think you sit around the table of 12 and you go, what is like the biggest aha moment that you've had since you started?
1: Gosh, there have been so many, and I have to tell you, sometimes I feel so selfish (laughs) sitting around (laughs) because I'm gaining equally from these women. But I think think it's exactly what we've been speaking about. Every one of us sitting around the table has a different story, a different journey. We've got commonality between Mm. us that binds us, or the energy, like you said. Mm. But we're all crafting a path. And it's doing so without judgment of each other, mm. and it's about owning your story and being able to share your story. And I've found profound wisdom in so many of those stories around the table.
0: Yeah, those stories are, you know, there's something so beautiful when women start having conversations mm. and just letting, just like I, I've no, I've noticed because I've been to a few of now. The fir- the first question, you know, everybody is like, okay. Yeah, where's this going now? <laughs> where's this go, going? A little bit guarded. And then after we've had one round of the table, then the conversation starts. I yep. remember, I think it was a, the first one I was at or the second one. Um, the food, because the, because we ordered the food, right? I think we were having such a fat chat that the speaker hasn't even managed to start
1: yet. We <laughs> yes. You
0: because we are having such a fat
1: <laughs> chat. And that's oh, like, something I lovely. think the speaker is the catalyst for the conversation. Yeah. But she's not the entire conversation. Yes. And so I think the speaker always creates a great, um, a great leveler for the conversation, a great start to the conversation. Mm. But really, it's about everybody participating yeah. as well. And there's also that's where the equality. Yes.
0: And every, every single speaker has always, um, Come so humbled, yes. yes, you know it's it, it that, that's it, it so works on so many levels but i do I do see um intimate conversations becoming far more important mm-hmm. and in this space that you that you are working um you know it's what you are doing is one hundred percent right, and I think here you can have more deeper conversations that can actually work in ecosystems that mm. can make a bigger impact from all the way from the bottom, all the way to the top, because there's something just about a small group of women having a conversation. I mean, I'm always the one that always wants to do big events and big things. On and there's places and, and spaces
1: for that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> 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 but uh, there's something that intimacy that I just, I, I have to tell you, and that's why we're going to work with you a lot. So get ready, girl. I'm like so so
1: excited. Just, um, on that, that intimacy, I think, you know, that's such an important part Mm -hmm. of the table. And that's why people say to me, well, why don't you make it bigger? And it's kept small very, like for a very particular reason is that for this particular event or, or, or networking event, I don't want to make it bigger. I want to keep that level of connection. And intimacy.
0: I think that's so, so important. And it's vital because I feel you can make a far bigger impact with intimacy
1: and the ripple effect, right? Mm. I don't know what will come out of each woman and how they will choose to pay it forward. Yeah. But it's happening in different ways that I could never imagine. There's connections happening with a woman that I could never have manufactured. Mm. and i mean you see the support even on those whatsapp groups that we create (laughs) yes and it's it's amazing to watch
0: (laughs) and it's beautiful and i love um i think one of the biggest things for me is what i'm when i'm learning so much from this woman is celebrating Mm. yourself and celebrating um but also that pay it forward thing, like this morning, you, when you, um, asked if anybody wants to help mentor, um, for International Women's Day, and I just saw WhatsApp explode. It explored. exploded. I think said yes.
1: Like I asked, I, I was, um, and again, I'm so humbled by wow, these women because I thought, again, how am I going to get 12? All I wanted was 12 women to mentor 12 others, and it's just exploded beyond the 12 it's just been incredible there's this incredible spirit of giving of generosity of sharing that Mm. comes through
0: no you've done it and thank you thank you for listening to your intuition and thank you for listening to your to your higher self by doing this because um you know it was a space that there was a vacuum because i must tell you i almost create i almost developed woman a woman's event fatigue because there's just a certain caliber of events that i just feel like it's copy and paste mm. and it's not or working you walk for me. away
1: not really having no. met or networked with anybody right the
0: networking part especially <laughs> mm. like believe it or not i've got a crazy personality i can be very outspoken and so forth but when I'm in big crowds. I don't like mm-hmm. going to people. Like you always say, you don't like walking you know, to, to strangers. Small talk. I don't like it. Mm.
1: It's awkward. And That's why there's a space that's created for all of us. Oh, it's so
0: divine. Dasha, I want to thank you so much for all your wisdom and your knowledge. And um, thank you for sharing this profound um, journey with all of us. And also for the consciousness that you bring to the table. Always. Um, you're such a, a living prophecy of what you, you stand for and your value systems. Everything is so aligned. It's a part and extension of you. So I want to thank you so much. And we love you to bits. And we can't wait to, to walk a journey with you.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. Um, I was very nervous at first. but No, man. Cool. <laughs> I've loved this conversation. And I want to thank you for all the support as well. I love seeing you at every... T- you always say to me... Can I come? And I'm like, you know, you always have a seat at the table. <laughs> I ask because I don't want to. I don't want to take an opportunity away from
0: somebody else. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe you should. But for me, I think it's important to support you through this because I want other women also to to go as often as they can.
1: But remember, when we're sitting at the table, we are getting. And we are giving. Yes, 100%. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one, and we'll. And oh, where can people get hold of you if they want to join the Table of 12? Well, um, you can follow our Instagram, Table of 12. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, there's the Table of 12 LinkedIn page or my personal page. Fabulous. Bye-bye now. Bye bye Bye.